All right, welcome everybody to our latest Between the Races podcast on the MX Vice Network. Thank you to everyone for listening and supporting the site. We uh, really appreciate it. We firstly like to thank our sponsors in Fly Racing, who are just celebrating their 25th anniversary, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, AS3 Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, and of course, even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, none of this would be possible. All right, for this episode, we have a, another great preview pod with the uh, with the boss man at MX Vice, James Murfield. How's things, mate? Yeah, things are really good, mate. This is two in a trot, so um, I'm back. Uh, no, nah, you know, it's, it's been nice. We talked to Lorenzo uh, sort of last night, and, and we're talking to uh, my favourite American, JT. Yeah, mate, he's back. Thanks for joining us again, JT. I really appreciate you fitting us in in the uh, busy schedule you're uh, undertaking. No, I always happy to be here. Um, I am in I'm in Denver at the moment, and uh, yeah, ready to talk some dirt bikes with you two gentlemen. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a massive weekend on sort of both sides of the the world at the moment. Obviously, you got Germany this weekend around that you attended last year in the, in the booth for, and um, yeah, we've spoken about the old Beniston masterclass there, and Tim Guys are getting the win, so it's going to be hard to beat uh, Beniston again this weekend, especially after he's been very good the last two rounds and obviously Kai DeWolf and Adamo, the, the, the other title challenges. So how do you sort of see it shaping up heading into um, Tushintal, mate? Well, you know, last weekend was, uh, it's interesting, you know, weather played a factor. Um, but I, I think that the, the protagonist that we thought would do well in, that, in those conditions did. And this weekend going into Germany will be very, very different. And we saw how great Benestant was at this round last year in Germany. And it was kind of a breakout ride for him, really. It was the first time. I mean, if you want to go back to Majora a year before that, we saw that, you know, a, a little bit of the same. But this was one where I felt like he really kind of stood out as a guy that could be a future world champion. So I think it's going to be really important for him to reestablish himself because Kaido Wolf just had a brilliant weekend and, you could say that, yes, he backed into it with Kunin crashing and, and some things going his way, uh, Van de Mostijk crashing. But you have to put yourself in good position. In the first moto, nobody handed him anything. So, you know, that there, I'm sure he gained a lot of confidence. And now we're going to completely switch dynamics. We're going to go to a hard pack track where he's not going to be, in my opinion, the, the fastest guy in those conditions. Will he do well? Sure. But I think Benestant really has to come out and put his best foot forward and try to go win because we've been kind of saying this all season, but I think that this class right now with Yago hurt, everyone's vying to try to be the guy. And I use kind of air quotes around the guy and it's a little bit of a game of ping pong right now is where one weekend Kai looks like he's going to break out another weekend. Benestant like in France looks like he's going to break out. Uh, so I, I'm not really sure. I would just, I'm just going to go off the conditions and the conditions for Germany say that Benestant should be the man to beat. Yeah, spot on. And I just wanted to sort of ask your opinion. Did you think, obviously, when you first saw Kai DeWolf hitting, you know, or whenever you first saw him, you know, the talent he has, do you think it would take him 41 GPs to get that first overall? I know he's been, you know, racing Yago and Vial and Renault and all these really good guys in his first, you know, his third year now in those first couple of years. So did you think it would take that long, though, just given the talent and just the sort of pathway he's been on? I would have said no, but at the same time, it's, you know, there, there have been really strong guys at the very top of this class and you have to be consistent in both motos. And that seems like it was always the issue where the, the days that Kai was going really well, he wasn't able to put it together both times out. So 
you know, as he's maturing, as the class is thinning out a bit, just from riders moving to MXGP and getting older and injuries, those two dynamics are converging where he's getting better and the opportunity is becoming more apparent. So we'll see if this becomes something. I, I truly think he has a strong chance of being world champion this year. Uh, it's, I could say the same thing for Beniston. I think Yago's still in this thing too. I, I think there are several guys, if it went a certain way, could end up being world champion here. Uh, but yeah, Kai has as good a chance of any, and, and he's still really young, which is uh, yeah, really bright future ahead of that one. Absolutely. And James, do you think the floodgates will open for the wins now? Obviously, he's working with Ruben Jeffries, former trainer, and obviously the Nestan sort of the awning. It's really you know proven sort of breeding ground for success. The environment, everything's sort of looking that way. Do you see that happening too? That the wins will keep coming from now on. Well. I thought that was going to happen back in Sardinia because he had a, a really good performance in Sardinia. He looked totally in control. And, and you know, after he, the banks back from Argentina, because Argentina, everybody, the pressure he must have felt from everybody talking about him being a title contender, title contender. And that, I think, weighed a lot on him. When I spoke to him um, uh, in Sardinia, he basically said, I just buckled because um you know the pressure and everything coming in he said i just like he, he the speed was there in argentina but the problem was is he just kept making mistake after mistake after mistake and um he just said i was just trying too hard so um you know he knew he was fast he knew he had the speed but he just kept crashing so um in in sardinia i, I thought when he put the uh when he went one two and i think gert's got two one to take the mm. overall um i thought now he's got a taste of it i thought here we go but it didn't quite it didn't quite happen that way and that's because of of Gertz being quite dominant uh, up to the injury um however you know now that Gertz is kind of out the way and he has got that you know we, he took 60 points one 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 uh won the qualifying won, won both yeah. motos i'm kind of thinking now maybe that's the the the, the proof he needed to say i can be dominant i can do this so um but there again Looking at what happened in Sardinia when we fully expected him to 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 go on this little bit of run after the the kind of mishap of Argentina, uh, it didn't kind of work out that way. So um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I think you know if if he does go and blitz Germany, fantastic. But um, I do believe that Benestan will be. Uh, you know, from we, we spoke about previous performances there. I think he's going to be very good there. I think Adama is going to be good. I think Everts is going to be good. Um, so I don't think he's going to have it all his way. And and, and again, Van Moostijk, talking to him, he grew up, believe it or not, even though he's Dutch, he grew up on racing a lot of hard pack tracks. And he's done some some great performances this year on hard pack. So I don't know. It's going to be a tough one. But I, I do believe Benestant will have, have uh, I agree with JT, I think Benestant's going to be the, the one this weekend. But um, uh, yeah, I didn't see Kyder Wolf sweeping it last weekend. So who knows? Yeah, it's going to be pretty awesome. And obviously, the another man that got 60 points, uh, perfect weekend, is his countryman, Jeffrey Hurling's uh, just a massively impressive ride. Great weekend. He he showed that he was what he's all about. And on those surfaces, he's, he's just so good. He, he knows how to hit that beast mode button like the others can't. And Prado sort of seemed to, you know, he managed the weekend again, but he just doesn't have that speed, which which no one does. Hurling's is just a freak. So, JT, what, what were your thoughts on Jeffrey's weekend? Uh, pretty ominous sort of statement of intent, wasn't it? It, it honestly felt like shades of 2018 to me. Uh, when you watch Jeffrey's <laughs> approach and the patience 
And because every time I watched a, a race in 2018, I would see Tony ride off into the sunset in the first half of the moto. And Jeffrey really had no urgency. He would just, yeah, okay, well, you know, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll see you in a little bit. You know, I'll just decide here to, to turn this thing on and reel, every, you know, Tony back in. And now we, you know, fast forward to 2023 and it's a different set of guys. It's Prado typically in this weekend, February was in the mix. And it's the same thing. Like I watched those guys start to pull away and then I'm like, okay, Jeffrey, are you going to do anything about this? Because this looks a little concerning. Like I would be a little bit nervous about <laughs> you're losing touch with them. And then he really doesn't seem to mind. And, and it would be really interesting to be inside his thought process at that moment. Like, is he nervous at all? Or is he in the same place that it looks where he's just like, no, nah, it's okay. Like they're, they're doing their thing. They're, they're sprinting right now, trying to get away, but they're not going to be able to. And I, and I already know at some point I'll just find my flow and catch back up. So I don't know. Um, knowing him as a person, I think he would tell you the latter, even if he didn't believe it, but deep inside, I'm curious to, to see in those moments, like in the first few laps of the second moto, when Febra goes to the lead and Prado is, they're both, pulling away and then it looks like Febra could maybe take off. Is he nervous or not? I, I don't know. Like what is his true deep down thoughts without any ego or any of that involved? Um, that's what I'm most interested in because time and time we've, we've, again, we've seen his ability to reel them in. I just, I like, I like getting inside the thought process there because riders are much more insecure than they would ever let you know. Um, they doubt themselves a lot, even if they say the complete opposite of that. So that, that to me is, is very interesting to understand what he's thinking about in those moments. Yeah. Do you think sort of Prado's, you know, how is he going to approach the weekend? We haven't seen that aggressive battling that he's, you know, become known for, especially you look back to 2021 in Tushintar, we had that massive uh, incident over the finish line. Um, yeah. Prado's been, been doing management mode, actually rack, racking up points and just getting the job done. But now it's sort of getting to the point where he's, that, that gap's closing and he's uh, probably definitely feeling it now to maybe try and just eke out a little bit more speed. It's a tough one for him, isn't it? Yeah, but I've been very impressed with Prado. Um, I thought he was really strong this weekend. You know, he challenged Jeffrey all the way to the end in the qualifying race, almost passed him there at the end. And then he really battled him hard in the first moto led until like three laps to go or something. So, Yes, he, he was beaten all three times, but it was it was close. It wasn't any sort of runaway by Jeffrey at all. Uh, so I'm trying to balance the loss in points versus visually what I watched and how he lost the points. Uh, I think I still think a lot of his season so far. And had he had he gotten just dropped, had Jeffrey ran away from him all three times, and he really wasn't a factor, I would be very concerned. But I'm, I'm not. I, I still think Jeffrey's the best guy. I think Jeffrey will end up being the champion. But from what I saw on the weekend, uh, Prado's still in a very, very good place. And if I'm him, I, I'm still really confident. I just – I'm looking at Jeffrey as the guy to beat no matter what. So I'm, I'm a little biased there. But Prado is, is putting in his best season ever. I, I don't think you can argue that. Um, he looks really great. Yeah, and the approach has definitely been working for him because, you know, there's – you know, we've still got half the season left, so anything can happen like we've seen with Yago and, and Tomac. So it'll definitely be a good one to watch play out. What do you think, James? Are uh, the Prado hurling battle and even Fever, what what's your take on him? He's obviously going to be great on a track like that. He's great everywhere, really. He's a complete package. So he's definitely going to put himself up there alongside um 
you know guys like Jeremy Sewa. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a great track for um for for Roman. Um, I think what's interesting, the top six have all taken moto wins this year, and if 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 Renault was still riding, obviously he's took a a, a moto win as well. So that would have been you know seven out of uh, and he would have been in the top seven. Um, but last last seven riders will have took moto wins this year, and when you think about how dominant Prado and Herlin's have been, the other riders have picked up wins as well. So I think this is what makes this championship, um, you know quite intriguing when when you think we're we're nearly halfway through um and you've got prado and hurlings which have got got that space out in front now that points gap but you you definitely know that for fernandez uh sewer are all gonna um you know they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna take um race wins and, and the other person uh who we've not mentioned is cold enough you know he, that's another person who, who's taken a race win yeah. so you can't rule him out of taking points so I, I think what's interesting is, you know, you know, just looking at current form in in Herlins has took five of the last um eight motor wins. Um and what's also been you know impressive is his qualifying. Um, you know, the worst position he's done is third in in, in qualifying as in his last four GP. So the momentum's definitely with Herlins at the moment. It's it's like a like my thought process is is Somebody must be saying to Prado, "Now's time to go. Now is time to, to to take a few risks. Now now's the time to either match Jeffrey or or you need to beat him because he he that that it is a train that is not stopping. Um, he wants that championship bad, but I I I, I definitely I definitely think Fevre's still in with a chance. Um, even though he's he's literally you know eighty odd points down. Uh, 90, yeah, eighty-seven points down. Um, I I can still see him just being putting in the the work in in you know I think he'd do well in Indonesia. Um, there's a lot of tracks there which you know you know how good he is in sand as well. You know winning in Lomo. I I generally think I still think it's a three-horse race. Yeah, no, he's definitely not not out of it. And I spoke to Taka, the Kawasaki test rider, who's done so much work with Roman and Mitch. And he said, yeah, he's still my guy for the title, even though he's biased, but he just knows the the mentality, the mindset. He's he's still going. He's a veteran and he just loves it. He wants to win. So, And um, obviously, we've got a bit of a shortened schedule with you, JT, but just just give us a bit of the key success for the the track in Germany. Obviously, you you know it well. You've been there. It's, uh, it's a pretty tricky beast. And then, obviously, after that, uh, just thoughts on the... AMA round this weekend in the 450s. Can anyone stop Jet? Yeah, so Germany's uh, a really tricky racetrack. Um, it's hard packed, but you know it'll it'll start fairly soft, so it'll develop ruts, and then it really hardens up. And those ruts don't <laughs> what what was really giving and and uh, pliable in the morning becomes incredibly hard packed throughout the weekend, and then they water it, and then you have water inside those deep ruts, and it's really slippery. So it's uh, it's almost like some sort of sick joke. Uh, when they go out there with the water truck, because the track is incredibly incapable of handling any water at that point. Uh, but they have to do it to control the dust. They don't really have a choice. So it's um, it's challenging. Every time I've walked it, uh, just to do the best job I can analyzing it, I, I shake my head the entire time because I would want nothing to do with it. And um, yeah, there's a there was a pretty funny interaction between Zach Osborne and I on Twitter because he has it in his top five of global motocross yeah. tracks. And I, I just don't even like that makes absolutely no <laughs> sense. Like that can't possibly be. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's one that asks a lot of the riders. It's really demanding. And that's why I think you see the, the French guys and the, and the hard pack specialists do so well. They have this elite level bike skill 
to get in and out of those ruts and put the front tire in, you know, a six inch wide spot where it needs to be. And uh, that's, you see those skills really, really shine through at a track like Teuchenthal. Yeah, just thoughts on the AMA 450s, mate. Obviously, uh, yeah, Jet's going to be hard to beat. But we saw some good stuff, uh, some promising signs from the likes of Webb, Plessinger, Ferrandis. Um, might not have it all his own way this weekend. Yeah, hey, I've, Ash, I've had some you really... You forgot Boutron. Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Top five guy. Yeah. Uh, no, I've, I've had some really interesting conversations with uh, actually James Stewart, of course, who's on the broadcast team. And then uh, I reached out to Ricky Carmichael who I was speaking with quite a bit uh, during Supercross about things like this, because I wanted their perspective on a, a rider like Jet, who is clearly in control of a series. And when you're, when they are watching him, what do they see? Do they see a rider that is truly just being really patient and totally in control? Or do they see him like on the edge and, and taking some risk more than everyone else notices? And it's, it's funny to see the differences in opinion uh, where James is a little bit more of like, hey, he's making some mistakes here. Like, I don't think he's taking it as easy as you do. And then I talked to Ricky and I'm like, he he's more of, yeah, I mean, the track's incredibly brutal, like really hard packed. There was no traction at all. So, yeah, to go that fast, you're going to have a couple bobbles. But, I mean, they weren't like he wasn't close to crashing. And, and anytime he needed to go faster, he immediately did it. It wasn't like he needed time or, or like threw everything at it to pick the pace up. Like he would do it basically on command. Like he would, he could drop his lap time just anytime he wanted to, which to me spoke volumes about where he could go if needed. Uh, and you look at the first, the first round Sexton really pushed him and they finished 45 seconds ahead of Dylan Ferrandez, who was in his own battle this weekend. He, he finished, you know, I don't know, five or six seconds ahead, but the entire story of his career, he's always done just enough like he's not a guy that goes out and wins by 45 seconds typically that's never been his mo and i'll reference a 250 race this year at oakland uh there was a pretty interesting stat you think about all of the winning jet has done that was the biggest win he ever had was in oakland and it was like 16 seconds which is a big lead don't get me wrong but you think about the his history of guys like carmichael stewart villapoto a 15 or 16 second win was nothing like that was just a typical Saturday for those guys. And that was the biggest win jet ever had. That's just not how he approaches these things. He always seems to be doing just enough to get the job done. And uh, so anyway, it's just, I, I've been really asking around trying to get opinions of guys that were much better than me and have an, an incredible, incredibly unique perspective on this stuff because they lived it. They lived these dynamics that you know i certainly didn't most people certainly didn't so um yeah the rest of the class good luck to them um they're going to need all the help they can get i think they will get better ferrandis is going to get better cooper webb's going to get better the problem is is i don't think getting better is going to be good enough I, I truly don't um i think as they get better jet will just raise the bar he'll just push a little bit harder and keep in mind he's only raced the 250 the 450 twice in pro motocross it's not like we know anywhere close to where the ceiling is. Like he's still figuring out how to race this thing. So to think he's not going to get better at 19 years old, having raced it twice would be incredibly, you know, nearsighted, I think as well. So I, again, good luck to everybody else in the series. I think they all know what they're in for just watching this kid. Uh, but he is, he truly is something special.
Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. being an I mean, Aussie mate, it's great to see. And James, just wanted to ask you, uh, being a, you know, for his competitors and, and all the guys that are thinking of moving up in the 250 class, is that just a touch demoralising, just how easy he's making it look and just how good he is? Well, I just started laughing to myself when GT said he's 90 <laughs> on a 450. <laughs> he's literally unbeat. Like, when you start to talk about riders, you know, the great riders that we, we you know, like JT's just mentioned and stuff like that, that that's when you start to realize how special Jet Lawrence is at 19 years old. Um, I, he, he, there's just not enough time to say, you know, to talk about expeditors about how great he is because the, the kid's phenomenal. 19 years old, second time on a 450. And the one thing which has been uber impressive, like as JT mentioned again, is his management of of his racecraft? Um, JT is is there somebody? Do you think is that somebody that's taught him how to manage himself on a motorcycle with like you know not not going for you know the the big lead or whatever, but doing enough conserving energy? Is that does that come from a trainer? Is that come from um, is that something you learn yourself? I think his his father Dazzy's really wise with a lot of that stuff, but I also think it just has to be an innate quality and uh, a talent that he has deep inside because you could tell James Stewart or several of these guys like, Hey, you don't have to win by much when you're out front, just take it easy. But the adrenaline and the moment and the ego and all those things get in the way and they can't seem to control that. When I watch jet, none of that seems to matter. He's truly fine with just bringing it home, whatever. I I just want to win the race. I don't care about any of the rest of it. And I, I don't know if it's teachable. You, you can certainly try, but so much of racing, when you get out there and you're, you're in the moment and all those, all that emotion is coursing through your veins, it's really hard to do anything that you're not really uh, instinctually doing. Um, so I, I'm going to just lean on. It's probably just, it's just a talent he has. He, I'll also reference something else. If you watched uh, Paula, there was a moment where, He's like motioning at his mechanic while he's winning the race to like move down the yeah. the lane of the mechanic. Like that is not normal. Like to have that level of consciousness and calm. Like he's winning a national. Like you don't just be like, hey, <laughs> you know, hey, hey, can you move down some? Like I can't read very well. Like th- that's not yeah. going to happen for most people. Like there, w- there's way too much adrenaline and nervousness and all these things going on for the winner or the leader of the race to do something like that. But it seems like he's just operating at like his heart rate's like 125 where everyone else is like 190. Like that's where his brain is operating, right? He just is so much more aware and calm than other riders are. And I think that comes through in his decision-making. I can't, it comes through in yeah. his racecraft and, and, you know, obviously it shows up in the results. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a special kind of person who's able to, like you say, to be, to be that calm, but also the thought process with everything that's going on, split decision making that's got to be made. Um, and yeah. And he comes into past mechanics and is like, Hey, it'd be a little bit easier if you can just move down a little bit. It's that's just another level. Um, this is my funny take, which is probably not so funny, but it's funny to me. Um, is the fact that you know even imagine you got you know loads of experts. You imagine the people you got around you, JT. You're an expert yourself, and um, you're probably like you know Chase Sexton, Jet Lawrence. And if somebody said to you that um, Jose Butron and Lorenzo Lucurcio would be in front of Chase Sexton going into Thunder Valley, <laughs> imagine 
the, the amount of money you could bet on that it just people would just think you're strange <laughs> wouldn't they yeah of course i could mean obviously <laughs> injuries i mean injuries are always a factor but yes don't let that uh deter anyone from how amazing it is the uh the results that those two are putting in and we all know the situation right like our field is decimated it's the weakest 450 field probably in the history of the sport um but still like when the opportunity is there there's something to be said for those who can rise to it because not everyone can like some people just don't seize the chance when they have it and and i i'm a big believer in that is the door's not always open. Some years it's it's just really full and you've just got to claw for every position. And then other times it's not. And you can go out there and be a hero and you've got you have to make the most of times like right now. And there are guys that are doing it. And I give them all the credit in the world. I, I don't care about detracting from them or anything like that. Like there's no nothing, you know, positive about, you know, you anybody could be a, a naysayer in that scenario. We all know what the situation is, but why don't we, you know, like, why not just take the other side and say, like, these guys are killing it. Good job to them. These are going to be memories and results yeah. that they're going to remember for the rest of their life. And it's not hurting anybody. I, so I'm, I'm here for even, it. Even, even with injury, JT, you've got, to, you've got to put yourself in there to, to get the results Absolutely. anyway. Yeah, 100%. And can, can you imagine the guys at uh, Gas Gas who are probably thinking, I don't know what we're going to do this year. And it, it's just yep. like Christmas has come early for them because they've got two riders you know, in uh, in sixth and seventh in the championship. So, um, boom, we've completed that. Um, but I think it's a really good opportunity. Like when, when you, you know, Derek Drake, the weekend going 8-8 eight, eight and, um, you know, Grant Harlan, Ty Masterpool, obviously um, coming back in, 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 in right in top seven, you know, it, and for us from the outside who are not, you know, a bit like when Americans are, are watching MXGP and, and they're not really into kind of the next generation of riders, but for us, from Europe now looking at, at the US, we get to see some of the next, you know, generation of riders or riders who we probably wouldn't have heard of who are now getting some limelight. Yeah, of course. And it's, we all know when we go back to Anaheim, what the situation is going to be, it's going to be go back to the status quo and that's okay. Like that is totally okay. Um, I've just always been a big believer that you, these guys don't have any control over who shows up on Saturdays. All they can do is sign up, and line up and whoever chooses to race them on Saturday in the biggest stage that America has, so be it. And if you happen to be the fifth best guy on that Saturday, like Jose Butron was, so be it. So I, I'm totally okay with it. Now I'm not going to go and say, yeah, Jose Butron is the fifth best racer in America. I, I know better than that. Okay. I get it. But at the same time, Jose Butron doesn't have any control over that. All he can do is go to the race and this is everybody's allowed to sign up healthy or not. And this is what position he got. So I'm, I'm totally cool with it. I think it's amazing. I'm telling you one day, cause I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm at that stage of my life. One day he's going to think about this season right now and be like, I was a, you know, five, six, seven, eight place guy in America period. And no one's going to be able to say a damn word about it. Right. And so that's what I like the most about it is these guys are truly setting career marks right now that they're never going to forget. I don't care if they're 40, 50, 60, the rest of their life, they're never going to forget the things that are happening right now. That's to me, that's the coolest part about it. And obviously, yeah, extracting the the positives is the best way to look at it because, you know, no, no matter what the series mightn't be as strong, People in Europe, everyone in Europe, all the MXGP guys, they're still watching it. They're still enjoying it. And I spoke to Spees 
Um, you know, the German 19-year-old, really talented in his first full year in MXGP, um, got 12th overall on the weekend. And he was even saying, like, I want to go to America and race if I if I could get a ride, because obviously his team's not doing the, the the Asian leg. So he would be like, if someone had the opportunity, like, I'd be so happy to jump in there and slot into that 450 class and test myself, because not, not necessarily just because of the, if it was a full class, he'd want to do it anyway. But he said, that's a little added bonus. You might be able to get a top 10, which is, which is pretty cool. And then just sort of looking to the 250 class, JT and, and James. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a, just a massively stacked class at the moment. Obviously, a couple of injuries and Jeremy Martin especially was absolutely horrible. And then, you know, I got Marchbanks leaving to the 450 class, which is definitely a good move for him. And well, how do you see um, Thunder Valley going, JT? Obviously, Kitchen did well last year. Hasn't been anywhere near what you'd expect. And it was good to see Chance Hymas, uh, fly guy, do well in that second moto after yeah, a forgettable first one. But then, yeah, can anyone stop Hunter and Deegan and Cooper and Shimoda? It's just going to be incredible racing, isn't it? Yeah, um, it is. I think this... Before... Oh, sorry, James, go ahead. Oh, yeah, JT, I was going to just uh, ask you something which I'm curious about. It, it, you know, when we're, when we're talking about, um, like, Jose Boutron, um, and, in, and we're talking about contingency money as well, which is available in, uh, I think it was 9 million what was available for um, uh, the outdoor championship. And and you got to think that probably Boutron's earned more money with that fifth place than he probably done in 10 years in MXGP. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, you're, you're right about that. And, and a lot of the riders here choose their motorcycle based off of that. Um, like like in the super in 450 supercross if you make the night show kawasaki pays i think it's 400 dollars us it's something like that to make the night show so privateers will ride a kawasaki just for that simple reason and it's a strategic plan by kawasaki to have more motorcycles in front of fans at supercrosses at night right so everybody yeah. wins ktm used to do it i don't think they do it anymore but they used to do the same thing um, so yeah, these guys are, they're making a ton of money. Uh, I remember just a side note. I remember in 2006, Tim Ferry and I were battling to the death at Bud's Creek and it was my best outdoor finish of my life. I got fifth overall and Timmy and I were best friends. We we're training partners, practice partners, best friends. We spent way too much time together and he followed me the entire moto and could not pass me. And it was, it was awesome for me, like great day. But after the race, yeah. we, we were flying home together on like on a flight that night. So like we, as soon as we finish, we rip our clothes off and just get hosed off. And then we're racing to the airport. I mean, like literally like running to our rental car to get to the airport. <laughs> and then we're, we finally like cool down a little bit and we're driving. And he's like, dude, you were on fire today. Like, and I was like, I know I just like, I had a really, really good day. Like that's, you know, when we're practicing and we're fairly close, like that, I finally rode like that. He's like, what do you yeah. think you made today? And I like looked it up or whatever. And I showed him, I think I like Honda paid me like five grand or something like that. He's like, are you serious? Cause he was riding a Honda also. He's like, are you serious? He's like, I would have taken you out so fast. If I knew that's what like we were going to get, you would have gotten for fifth. Like I would immediately just cleaned you out. I'm like, you're such a jerk. But yeah, I mean, there's to, to, uh, to your point, there's a ton of money up for grabs for these guys. If they keep racking up top tens. I mean, I think I made like, you know, yeah. seven or eight grand that day for a privateer. That's a lot of money in a weekend. That is that's a lot of money and a lot of miles to um to get to the next race as well. I, I I'm a I'm a big fan of, of contingency and I've been uh kind of stirring up a hornet's nest in 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 MXGP trying to get some um you know the manufacturers to do something similar in um for the world championship. But you know I I can see why so many MXGP riders are probably looking at the outdoors at the moment and just thinking. 
I'm over in MXGP and getting paid zero, and I can go and get support and actually earn some money in America. Sorry, no that question. was me just interrupting. No we can go back to 250. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, just quickly, when you look at the Ad Act, and it's like, you know, they, they still do prize money. So that's quite an appealing, you know, championship to a lot of people, as you, as you know well, JT. But yeah, just to switch it back to the 250s, mate, how do you see it all planning out? Who's your favorite? Um, obviously, you've got to jump off in a minute. So yeah, just some 250 yeah. uh, sort of thoughts, and then maybe a couple of winners as well would be great, mate. Yeah, I'm, uh, I mean, I, I think Hunter's in control here. Um, <clears throat> doesn't mean that dynamic can't change, but, you know, I'm, I'm a, I really like looking at the body language of these guys when they come off the track because I'm in this very unique position of where I'm right there. You know, I'm standing, like, not in their face, but next to them when they come off the bike. Long before I speak to them on television, I'm, I'm talking about immediately stepping off their motorcycle so I can see – frustration or satisfaction or whatever their rawest emotion is I, i'm there to witness it right away and hunter has been the picture of calm um winning not winning just yeah no real reaction just he he looks to be completely in control of himself and this series and uh so that's a scary proposition to these other guys uh i, I think he believes he's the best guy i think he believes he's going to win this championship and I haven't really seen him have any sort of panic. Even uh, this first moto last week, and he got third. I think he was just like, "Ah, it's fine." I got in. I, I let myself be too far back early in the race, and then I just, you know, I was coming, but not quickly enough. And yeah, it'll, it'll sort itself out. And then the second moto, it went exactly that way. So I think he's the guy to beat. Um, I think this weekend's a big one. This has been a good racetrack for Justin Cooper. I think he needs to show up and send a message. He needs to make sure that uh, Hunter doesn't run away with this thing, right? Like the, all the reasons I said that Hunter, I feel Hunter's in control. Justin Cooper needs to try to unravel that and quickly. Like he needs to put doubt back into the mind of Hunter Lawrence because right, right now I don't believe there is any at all. So that's kind of the dynamic, and it's it's a it's a mental game always with these guys. You know the the racing on the track is is very physical, but the mental messaging and the things that go on are so critical when you're talking about it over the course of a series. Uh, and then the rest of the guys, you know, Deegan is a phenom. Like he's just, he's blown my expectations so far out of the water. Uh, yeah. I, I look foolish, you know, for, for where I thought he would be at this point. Um, I look really foolish there. So kudos to him, his family, everybody, he is the real deal. He's in shape. He's fit. Um, he has the entire package and nothing but bright things ahead for him. Um, and the only other guy I want, really wanted to mention was uh, Levi Kitchen. This was a race for him last year where he won the first moto. He beat Jet Lawrence straight up. Um, no, there was no crashing or bad starts or anything involved. He was just better than Levi or better than Jet in that first moto. And there are not many times over the course of Jet's career where that's happened in either class. Uh, so that's saying something. So we'll see if Levi comes out with a little bit more fire. He looked to have it last weekend in qualifying practice. He he had so much speed, and then he just he wasn't able to replicate it in the races. So I don't know if it was the track conditions or or what was necessarily going on there. But I think this weekend he'll come in and as a racer, good tracks versus bad tracks. You just have a different feel when you when you get off the airplane when you're going to your rental car. Everything the sun's brighter, the colors are more vibrant. You have more confidence. Um, the food tastes better. So I, I think that's where Levi will be this weekend, and uh, we'll see if that shows up on Saturday afternoon. 
And just a quick one, how much of advantage is that star bike for those guys in the, Big time. In the conditions? At this race, yeah, at this race, it's it's uh, it's a huge advantage. And for anyone who's never been here or ridden a motorcycle at, at uh, what's, what is it, probably about 1,700 meters, something like that, it is wild. Like, you think your motorcycle's broken the first time you ride it. It is incredibly <laughs> slow. And, uh, yeah, so the the – Normal horsepower advantage and torque is probably more important is, is noticeable anyway, but the more strain and stress you put on an engine, like there, you know, there's not enough oxygen here to create the power. It's even more so, um, it only becomes more and more important. So I think you'll see a sea, just an ocean of blue bikes coming around the first corner this weekend. Oh, awesome, mate. And wow. JT, just thanks for joining us. And, um, and James, you want to say any closing words to, to JT before he heads off? Nah, just always appreciate JT coming on. I always learn something when he's here. So, um, yeah, it's really cool. And um, good luck for the weekend, JT. And uh, I'm actually jealous that you're so close to the action as well because Thunder Valley is is if if anybody from uh, from Europe is ever wondering what if there's a, an outdoor to go to, I definitely recommend um, Thunder Valley in Denver. It's such a great track. You can literally sit on the bank and you can see the whole track. It's uh, such a good track to watch for a fan. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, mate. Really appreciate it. And I um, hope you have a great weekend. All right, boys. Thanks again. Talk soon. Yeah, mate. Thanks again for JT there. That was awesome insight. He always brings just that extra level of insight, doesn't he, James? So um, we're always grateful for him coming on. And yeah, just your your thoughts on the 250 class, James. Um, Deegan, how impressive is he? Um, proving a lot of people wrong. He looks so strong on the bike and balanced the way he's, he's even though he's a smaller guy, he's up, up on those pegs, standing up on off cambers into jump faces. It's it's really impressive. And you see other guys do sit down in some of the sections where he's standing up, you know, you know like Jet and Hunter and, and these kind of guys. It's just, it was a masterclass, wasn't it? Yeah, I think the thing which really strikes me is 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 just the way that if you, and it's not baggage or, or, or anything like that, but it, it is expectation, which he's got on his shoulders because of coming from, from his family, you know, you've got, um, you know, a sister who kind of drives cars. You've got a dad who's just like a, an absolute legend of the sport. And then you have to follow in his footsteps. And then you've got a younger brother who's also rips, you know, as well. And there, there was so much expectation, you know, on his shoulders coming in. And to be able to hand, not only handle that expectation, um, but also deliver what he's already done in his rookie year is, um, I just think it's just unreal. Like, you know, it, it, we talk about how great Jet Lawrence is at 19 years old on a 450. Um, don't we say how great Hayden Deegan could be? um you know at 19 so you know it, it's i you know i think jt was you know is, is is wrapped it up quite nicely but i you know i echoed his sentiments in that the fact that um i i had i you know he's completely smashed my expectations of what i thought he would do to come in i thought it was definitely going to take him a year to especially with like what the the supercross year what he had um and then obviously following that up now with and, and getting a race win as well uh, in, you know, the first moto in Hangtown was just phenomenal. So I was going to say, James, where, you, the, are you excited about the prospect of obviously in a, in a few years time, um, you're going to have Deegan, the two Lawrence brothers uh, and Sexton all racing each other in the 450 class because Sexton's still young, you know, he's, he's only 23. So how, how good is it going to be that 450 class with all those guys? And obviously it's Jet's probably going to be really hard to beat, but, you never know how it's going to play out and how how the development of these guys is going to go, but it should be pretty cool to give give people a lot of hope for the future. 
Yeah, we we talk you know a lot about MXGP because that's our kind of bread and butter and that's our forte. But when when you look at and we talk about the the MX and, and the riders coming through, but America's had that for years. America's had this talent, this huge huge talent pool of riders which are, are constantly coming through. And you just think like over the years, like who is going to be the next one? You you have your, your phenoms like uh, you know Carmichael, like Stewart in. Um, you know, and, and then and then we get to see, you know, Hayden Deegan. And I think he, you know, the, there is no ceiling for this guy. I, I genuinely think um he, he's only just, you know, he's only just started, he's gonna get better. So um, yeah, I think when you start to see it's it's you know, it's so exciting for the for the series to have riders like that in. And I can see why Feld and I can see why so many people are talking in 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 you know, there's a lot of conversations going on about him because he is going to be the main him jet uh chase you know all these guys are going to be the main show in the next over the next four or five years you know and we're going to be talking about the classic battles they've had in in, in so on and so on so yeah it's it's brilliant for those but it's i, I just think the 250 class is, is stacked with talent you, you, we talked about levi kitchen you've got shimoda you've got hampshire uh, you've got obviously tom vial you've got justin cooper we've not even mentioned justin cooper it's yeah. you know it's it, you know Michael Mosiman, uh, you know Swole, uh, Smith, Reynolds. It's crazy, Ryan, isn't it? Well, all the way down to like twenty-five. So it's just, it's insane, and it's just like uh, where you know, obviously, you know, JT was talking about that. You know, the the uh, the four fifties have kind of you know been harpered with um um with injuries this year, but a two fifty is just so strong, and um and I think it's just going to be an exciting championship right away through. But I do believe that um. You know, Hunter Lawrence is 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 doing as well. The other thing I was gonna, I wanted to ask JT, but I know he's in a rush. Was has there ever been a time when, um, you know, if both Lawrence brothers win the outdoor nationals, when was the last time brothers won four fifty and two fifty championships in in the same year? Yeah, has it ever happened? Yeah, yeah, it's a good good question for sure, mate. And I'm um, just obviously with the Euro so, focus. Um, how impressive has Farah's been? Uh, you know, he's he's had like the speed of Vial, and you wouldn't have thought that for sure if you rewind. You know, even a year ago, a couple of years ago, and when you know, they're just, you know, head and shoulders apart, really, uh, you know, light and day comparison. Obviously, he's a super talent, and, and you saw that, and we've seen that, you know, he had flashes of brilliance in that AMX, and he did yeah. a little bit of MX too, but, you know, this definitely wasn't coming, and he's he's surprising a lot of people, and then the deal in itself was a massive surprise when it happened, but it's really cool for him, and he's he's making the most of the decision, and he's vindicating stars, um, selection of him through his results and his riding it's consistent it's steady and there's definitely the speed is there and you know i've said it many times when when ben and i spoke to levi kitchen and styles robertson they were they're sort of envious of the skill and the talent Faraz has and you know that's a testament to how good he is on a bike and obviously how how well he's developed just focusing on motocross you know all this year and he obviously hit the round running in his debut and he's sort of carrying it on really well. He's he's getting the results and he's showing he can run it with the heavy hitters. How, how have you seen it? Yeah, I mean, his growth has, has been insane. And the fact that he went out and beat the current world uh, 250 MX2 champion um, in race one, I think that's just a, you know, that's a sign of, of how far he's developed. Well, how quickly he's developed over such a short space of time and how far he's come. So, um again watching him but the the one thing i will say is one of the most exciting things is um spain's prospects for the motocross of nations mm. this year they've got fernandez um fares and prado i mean that's an exciting team yeah and when when you look at what australia have got spain's got um yeah it's 
there's some great teams which are going to be and going it, and into even Renee in reserve year. if you want to talk about Oliver and um Braceras, they're not the not not too bad. Pretty handy riders in their own right in MX2. <laughs> yeah. So they've got a little bit of depth going on too. And even Nilsson and Congost can hold their own. So yeah. it's exciting. Hey, Congost let's not forget Boutron. Boutron. Let's do it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Hey, let's not rule this guy out. You coming back. Yeah, it's gonna be a great so, nation. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I shouldn't be talking about nations yet because it gets me properly excited. But um, yeah. no, from a Spanish point of view, those guys, you know, they, and the Spanish Federation have put a lot of time, a lot mm. of money uh, and have an amazing structure. Like I, I would say after the French Federation, the Spanish Federation um, really have got a, a, such a great um, uh, structure put together for these next generation of kids coming through. And, um, you know, obviously Faris is... T- is you know, is 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 profited from that. So um he's exceeded all of all of my expectations. Is it's the other thing which is uh is quite interesting that is uh you've not seen his name pop up, but Ethan Lane. So Ethan Lane rode for the Hitachi KTM team um probably about four years ago, I think, um uh in an EMX uh 125 race. And um he went over to America um and he He's obviously had a few injuries and bits and pieces, but he obviously uh, rode the weekend. There's Marcus Phelps as well. He's from South Africa. He rode in the UK in the MX Nationals, um, and he's been plying his trade over in MX2. In um, sorry, I call it MX2 in the 250s over in uh, in America. So you know, there's a couple of little stories there from um, you know from people who were who have you know looked at looked at, at the us and just said well do you know what if it's not going to work out in in, in europe in uh in the uk then let's see how we can get on in the us and fair play to them they're they're, they're riding the nationals at the moment but it's very international isn't it yeah. like you see countries everywhere and obviously shimoda and i wanted to just get your take on him and i was speaking to tacker and he was just he was just in full praise of his countrymen it's so cool to to see what these guys do to make that because you, you know japan they make the bikes but motocross isn't really very big there they don't sell a lot of units yeah, and the sport's not really thriving. So having someone like Joe um, to, to sort of blaze some more trails for the kids coming through is amazing. And he said, because he obviously does a lot of work with that 450 special racer and, uh, you know, helping the guys in the, you know, he does with the MXGP, Roman and Mitch, and he, he does a lot of work with Brock Tickle and AC and Jason over there too, developing their bike. And he said, Joe came over in the off season yeah. to race that 450 SR and he was just an absolute weapon. And he was like, not really changing much. Didn't need to change all the parts or the clickers, just a little bit of adjustment with it. Maybe bring his bars. I think that was about it. And he was just tearing it up. So he just said he's just a super talent. Um, Once Joe gets back to yeah. full, gets full fitness, full race fitness after that injury, he's, he's still a massive force to be reckoned with. And he's a he's a great rider. So hopefully he gets right back up where he belongs soon. Yeah, and again, we've seen what he's done. He has achieved in previous years, and you know the speed what he's got. So um, I, I'm just a a big Shimoda fan. Um, I know you're not supposed to have your favorites and bits and pieces, but I just love his racecraft. I love the way he rides. Um, you know, he, he, it's just, he's, he's a cool rider to, to watch. I like his style. So um, I'm looking forward to, uh, to him sort of getting back up to race pace quite quickly, because again, I think he's the type of rider who can um, take it to Hunter Lawrence. And um, so, I, you know, I don't think it will, t- it will be long. I think in the next couple of um in the next couple of rounds, maybe high point, uh, we'll probably see the best of Shimoda, hopefully. Yeah, and what what about RJ, the hard charger? He's uh, he's he's always great value to watch. He's always on the ragged edge. He's always pushing the limits. And I was an awesome win that first motor with the season, and then it's it's been a little bit of a struggle. You know, would not the results he would have liked 
in the last three motos, but he's still, he's still, you know, he's got the speed, you know, he's got the heart, you know, he's going to lay it all on the line. And it's, it's just fun watching riders like that. That's, um, I guess we we were sort of talking, maybe compare him to a Fernandez. You know, he's just absolutely balls to the wall, has a crash in him. Although Fernandez and Hampshire have made great strides in consistency recently, uh, they, they still have that really cool approach and it's kind of refreshing to see sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, I think my my comparison for RJ Hampshire is um, Lucas Coonan because they literally, it's either win or bust. I'm not interested in any other position. Just gonna get, just gonna literally, just try and rip that whole shot, get the lead, and go. And if I crash, then I'm gonna go out, go out on top. And um, I think that, that they're obviously at different spectrums of their career, different ages, but they do remind me with their just like their attitude of uh, of it's, it's win or nothing. I'm not interested in second or third. Yeah, and it was good to see his teammate Jaleek Swallow, who's had just massive injury problems in recently and yeah it's good to see him come back and show some speed and race up the front there he almost um hit those kids when he had that off-track excursion which was pretty sketchy but it's just good to see him sort of battling it up there it must have been a big confidence boost for him and, and just great for the Husqvarna in general team because they've just been absolutely battered with injuries both classes and yeah it's just good to bring some positivity back to the teammate it's uh you know, he's good for the sport too. And it was cool seeing James Stewart give him some great insights because he obviously knows him very well. So good for the sport, mate, isn't it? Yeah, Jalik Swells, uh, I, I love watching him ride as well. And he was really unlucky in, in, in you know, at Pala, you know, a couple of crashes, one big big crash. And um, it's nice to see him not injured and bounce back because uh, when he did go down, I thought, oh, here we go. Um so it was nice to see him sort of uh, recover quite quickly. And, you know, I think, again, it's going to be like Shimoda. We've not seen the best of him. He's going to get better throughout the year. And hopefully I'd like to see him on a podium by by the end of the season. Yeah, it's it's so hard to get up there. Obviously, Boland had a good opening round, especially a good opening moto. And then it's sort of steadily gone downhill. But he was apparently just from all reports was absolutely shredding on the test track prior to the opener. And he's got all the talent in the world and, it's just an interesting case, that 250 class and another sort of rider that you maybe people expect a lot out of, but he did come into that program probably too early, too young. They wanted him in there and he, he took the chance. You can't blame him for that, but it's just been a bit of a slower process, especially in, in Supercross. So, um, yeah, I'll definitely back Max to to get back to where he, where he knows he can be. And he's got great speed. He's got great style. He's got all the fundamentals. You know, his family knows what to do. You know, he, he's got a great, head on his shoulders and he's got great people guiding him. So just uh, really want to see him do well, don't we, mate? And um, just Kitchen, obviously super talented. And he's another guy that we want more, especially after last year, we'll be coming back to a place with happy memories. So how do you see those two guys? Yeah, you know, um, I think both of them, um, uh, you know, like I said, there's, when you look at it, it's, it's, it's deep in talent, and but there's literally um, potentially seven, eight riders there what can get, a motor win this year so um you got to believe that they're going to bounce back and in, in, in they're going to get that motor win you know what was what they just need to sort of just get the ball rolling um the one thing i was going to say about uh uh you know i'm quite envious of jt because you know where he gets to be quite close to the track and you know you get to sort of understand like when i when i'm at mxgp and, and i'm kind of filming and, and, and i'm kind of talking to the riders behind the scenes you, you really start to get to to build a relationship with them start to know how they tick and in what they like what they don't like and in and, and find little things and you can kind of sometimes you can kind of tell the way they are whether they're going to have a good weekend or uh, a bad weekend 
and 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 that's the one thing like with i i that's why i love being at a track i love being at mxgp because you do get that inside information and that's the one thing with um uh which i lack within pro motocross because i don't have those relationships with the riders in uh in uh you're literally trying to uh learn as much as you can from podcasts from reading from from obviously watching on the tv and stuff like that so like um you you want to know what's going on behind in 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 head of like michael moseman and and people like that because you know with me i do lack that knowledge of of being at the at the races and kind of talking to talking to them and getting to know them and in understanding that because uh you know, I, on the podcast, I find it really interesting because I can talk to the riders at races, but some of the stuff that they mentioned to me, I can't talk about on a podcast. So, you know, whether it's Mitch, whether it's Calvin, whether it's Kai, you know, these, you know, with Rowan, you know, all these guys who I talk to quite, you know, quite a lot behind the scenes. I kind of know what's up. I know why that things aren't going quite well. In, 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 but I can't elaborate it on a podcast, but I can, I can talk about it kind of, once they're happy to talk about it sort of thing so um yeah it'd just be interesting to find out with with some of the riders which we um we, we fully expect to be there what's holding them back at the moment um in in you know levi kitchen like jt said you know qualifying all day you know you know time practice that type of stuff all going very very well but just couldn't replicate it on the um uh on in races so Sometimes you just don't know what's going on there. Like, you know, with me, I can go and speak to Kaida Wolf and he's just like beating himself up because he's trying too hard. He knows what's wrong in Argentina, you know, and and you're like, okay, he knows what's up. He's He will bounce back. And, that's, and when you see him in Sardinia, go out and get the first moto win. It's just like, boom, that's what we, that's what we, um, that's what we thought we would have in, in, in Argentina. So, you know, it's quite nice. And that's why it's nice having JT on the show to, to kind of try and find out a little bit about the, um about the riders. But Who's going to be your top three this year in two fifties in that? Well, yeah, it's yeah, it's like you said. You've seen so far. He, yeah, I was just going to say to build on what you said. He definitely br- helps bridge that gap, and and I suppose we help bridge the the gap to the American listeners and and viewers and readers, just given the all we can with the sport because you know we all love it and we all want to hear more. So we'll keep we'll keep trying to do that in the future. But yeah, with the top three, I you know I think it's hard to go past my boy Hunter Lawrence, mate. He's just on fire. He's just He's another guy that you think maybe has a little bit more in the tank as well, like his brother. Like if he if he gets the starts, yeah. and and the starts are so important now in that two fifty classes. The, the parity is immense, immense, and just trying to sort of build your way through a pack is not easy. Like you see in MXGP, um, yeah, everywhere really, but it's especially really important at the moment to get those starts. And yeah, I think it's going to be Lawrence, um, Cooper, and Deegan as the top three. You know, it's hard to go past the star bikes this weekend and just in general for the championship too. But yeah, you know, RJ and Joe are always going to be, you know, fighting up there and GM, you know, he, he's always got, he, he's got a podium in him. That's for sure. I think he'll probably, you know, get one this year. So that's my take on it, mate. And who, who have you got? Yeah, um, I, I agree with you. Um, uh, Hunt Lawrence, I think is going to take the title. It'd be something astronomical for him not to take the title. And it is funny because I, I can remember, um, you know, going back to Bulgaria a few seasons ago when he was riding on the on the 114 Honda. And um the previous week to that, he kind of got into some trouble with what he said on the podcast show regarding about um uh the Honda not being as fast as he'd like. Um and uh and I can remember being in a Honda meeting um in in having the the riot act uh from <laughs> Honda with what he said. 
and um and uh, and it just takes me back like this this is not somebody who is that belief was way back when when he would first hit MXGP that belief of how good he was and how good he could become was there and it's it's just quite nice to see you know four or five years later for him to be leading the pro motocross championship um you know in in literally taking wins in you know he's just watching that development from as a person and as a rider and coming into it um it's quite nice having that bit of background in in you know having a strong belief and i know this bike's not right i know i can be better i do believe in myself i'm not gonna da 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 and um, going to America and doing everything, what he's done is it's just been very interesting for me as a, you know, being on this side of the fence. So I can, when you start to understand, you know, the, the, the thought process and how strong he is in his head and the, the belief and stuff, I can't see anybody else beating him this year. I, I do believe he's got what it takes to win that championship. Hayden Deegan, I, you know, for, for me is, yeah, I do believe a star bikes or, or something special anyway. What he's done and what he's coped with, I, you know, the ceiling's, ceiling's not there. I, I just wonder whether Justin Cooper obviously is going to come into his own this year. I think he will he will chip away, and I think he's he's just going to improve as well. So it's going to be interesting watching who's going to be top dog um, for me out of the um, out of the Star Yamaha's this year. I think that's one of the one of the interesting yeah. uh, kind of uh, storylines, which I'm going to be quite interested in. In, in what's going to keep me glued throughout the rest of the year because. Uh, you know, when you talk to any rider, you know everybody's fun, everybody's friendly, and everything else. But when you talk to your talk to those riders, they all want to be their teammates. Yeah, that simple. Yeah. So, um, and and I think it's going to be quite interesting watching that develop throughout throughout the you know through the yeah. year. So, um, I, I I agree with you. I think it's going to be Lawrence with the win, and um, and I think Deegan and Cooper, um, maybe Cooper second and Deegan Deegan third, um. You know, Viao's going to improve for the year, but I, I don't know. I, I just fully expected him to come in. Maybe my expectations are completely wrong, but I expected Viao to come in and just kill it in mm. uh, being two times world champion, seeing what he's capable of. I, it's been kind of, um, uh, I don't know, not as explosive as I thought it yeah. would be. I kind of really expected him to like go, right, okay, Supercross is done. Now it's my time to shine. I know and, it's not um, easy with, not, the, with the minimal track time, but he, he did mention that, you know, he was used to those one-day formats in the GP um, that they were running during Corona. So he sort of has that sort of little bit of base on it, but it just must be everything new, you know, everything new, the tracks, the, the system of, you know, the racing and just everything, new places, new environments, new people. So I suppose it's it's from a human side as well as a racing side, there is a lot to deal with for him. And he does have a lot of attention on him because, you know, two-time world champion, in MX2, it's it's quite a lot of pressure and weight of expectation to carry on your shoulders for a young man. And he's a pretty sort of quiet, reserved guy too. But, you know, I suppose he's content with how it's gone so far. But you, you definitely know that there's more to come, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. There, there, there's definitely more to come. I think that's just, it's just my thought process that, you know, and me, me kind of looking at it, I, I fully expected him to come in and just say kind of, this is how we do things in MXGP, and it's, it's definitely not been like that. So um, uh, I think, you know, like what we've seen with Hunter Lawrence, it's been a gradual process that you do have to adjust. You do have to learn the tracks. You do have yeah. to, um, you know, and the competition's different. The tracks are different. The bikes are different and, and so on. So, yeah, it's definitely going to take a little bit of time. 
Yeah, there's definitely so much less time off in between races throughout a season. Like in America, they're just like week after week after week. They just build, build, build. And it's that's probably a lot to deal with physically and mentally just to reset so often and then travel quickly again. Even though they do the back-to-backs, they don't often do like the, like they do in Supercross. And even though he was on a coast, it's still something to get used to, I guess, in quick succession a little bit more. But yeah, we'll keep an eye on him and just moving to the 450 class predictions. Um it looks like it's obviously going to be Jet. Hard to beat him with, we know, we've still got Sexton out, I believe. And yeah, it's sort of, and then you're sort of battling for the podium with Ferrandis Webb and AP and maybe AC, but he hasn't, he's just been, you know, putting in the results, just clicking over, just getting bike time, getting it up to level after he's had so many problems. And you, you have to imagine that he's not quite there physically, Adam Cincerillo. But yeah, Plessinger and Webb and Ferrandis should be pretty, pretty enthralling battle, even, um, uh, though Jet's probably got the ascendancy at the front, but the racing's still good. There's still a lot of, like we were saying, positives to be attached to the 450 class. And, you know, like you were saying, with guys like Drake, Norum, Norum, Chisholm, you know, Boutron, Lucercio, Jerry Robin, Surratt, Harlan, even Masterpool, he's been he's been sort of doing pretty impressively. So there's a lot of stuff to still look in there, even though the stars aren't there, like Barsha and Anderson and obviously Sexton. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think it's going to be a lot closer this week between um, Jet Lawrence and Dylan Ferrandis. I think, um, you know, Ferrandis has, has been, you know, very consistent, but I think, I think in, in, in Thunder Valley, I think Ferrandis could actually uh, surprise quite a few people. I think it'll be a lot closer this week. I think Jet will still win, but I think Ferrandis will be, be a lot closer um, and I think the racing is going to be really, really good. I, you know, I kind of see uh, uh, Lawrence Ferrandis um, and uh, and and Webb for a podium, and I and I kind of believe that this is probably how it will end up by the end of the year as well. So um, I don't, you know, injuries aside, hopefully none of those get injured. But I do believe that's what that will be the top three come the end of end of the year as well. Yeah, and just to recalibrate the focus back to MXGP to sort of close it out. Um... Things to look out for. Obviously, Jeremy will be there on site um, for MX Vice. Be great to have him there doing his doing it, weaving his magic, and he should be in for a treat, mate. Because it's looking like it's shaping up as another great GP. It's going to be the Hurlings versus Prado versus Fevra in MXGP. You know, obviously they're the three title contenders, but you know that guys like Jeremy and and uh, Glenn Ruben, especially Ruben on that surface, could be a real wild card. I reckon he'll he'll throw it in there. Even Valentin Guido, he's he loves that kind of a track, doesn't he? super stylish, silky skills, and he could put himself up there. And even Calvin, he's a complete package, like we've said. That's The stigma of the Sandman's gone. He's showing ultimate consistency in the qualifying races, in the races. It should be another great GP. And obviously, look out, we were saying, uh, look out for Spees and the German contingent. And the fans will be going wild there because they certainly get into it. And he'll be rocking a special kit. So it should be an exciting race, mate. Yeah, Spees is definitely going to get that extra half a second in me from the crowd. Um, yeah, I, I, I do you know what the four fifty? I think is going to be one of the tightest races that I think we, we we've seen all season. I, I genuinely think when you you got some heavy hitters who do very well at Tushin Tower, especially with um, uh, as JT said, like the the French technical riders and uh, but then like some of the names you've mentioned as well. Outside of that, I just think it's going to be so close between um, Jeffrey Prado, Sewer um Fevra, you know those four guys and you know fernandez has got the ability we've seen what he done in spain um yeah. you know it's uh was it spain or portugal i can't remember um but I, I i genuinely think that 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 top six um yeah it's it, you know we're, we're fully expecting um hurlins to you know put the hammer down uh 
but I, I genuinely think that Prad, if Prad, Tushin Towers is is quite a hard track to pass on as well. So, yeah. um, if if Prado does get the star, if Prado does get that intensity, intensity, then it's going to be who can pass him. So, um, and we've seen in previous years, we've um, you know, we've seen some 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 uh, you know, some some audacious passes, you could say, um, uh, you know. Ooh over the, over the years which have been quite questionable so you know it's going to be one of those tracks where uh, it could be yeah it, it, and if somebody does get out of the track then they're going to be out for a while so it, who knows who knows what's going to happen all i do know is that that top five top six is going to be a lot closer than we we've had um you know pre, like over the previous gps yeah i believe guys has won the last two gps there and obviously he won't be there but he's he sort of gave that update that he's he's back riding and his recovery is going along you know, as smoothly as it can. And you probably have to imagine, like we were talking Lorenzo a couple of months off. So still from racing, um, you know, by then it might even be worth throwing the year in, just getting gate drops, you know, you never know. But it'd be good to see him out there anyway, because it's a, a healthy Tim guys is always great for MXGP. And also you never know, he might be able to throw a bit of a spanner in the works in this this title chase. And Tushin Tal's always a track where you gotta find the finding the balance, finding the limits. It's not easy because it can bite you, like uh, you saw in those big nasty ruddy tracks in in France. It's they're not easy. The riders have got to process situations, be really good with their line selection and navigating just ever changing tracks. So MXGP will be great, and then MX2, like we've discussed, um, you know, we we both everyone sort of picking Beniston at the moment, which is absolutely justifiable after last year and the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, you, Kai and Andrea will definitely be in there and you know we saw Hogmo have a good return to form and 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 one man that like we showed in France Lucas Kuhn and could definitely get the job done couldn't he yeah yeah I, I think um one one person that I, I, we didn't mention which could possibly have um uh quite a good uh a German GP and somebody who's kind of building up his speed a little bit is Mitch, Mitch Evans as well he, yes. he, he went well last year um seventh overall um in in you know so it's a track he likes. I spoke to him uh, in um, France. He kind of he likes the tech because it gets technical, the ruts and everything else. As JT said, starts in the morning, nice and tacky, and then it goes into this real hard cement driven, you know, one line, six inches, and if you make a mistake, you are on the ground. So I you know I think we might see the return of um of Mitch Evans to to speed and form this weekend so um that's one sorry to interrupt yeah. you on 250 that's one person that we can ah. uh, look out for it, it, interestingly last year Lorenzo Lucrecio um got two points in uh, in Tushintau um with a, a 19th place in Moto 1 so that gives you some idea yeah. about what's going on uh, a year apart so um so there we go yeah so sorry buddy yeah MX2 no, I like the insight. It's uh, yeah. You give give your pricks. I'm I'm probably going to go for for Tebow Beniston, but yeah, you you just can't write off a lot of these guys. Yeah, even Camden, hey, it would be really good to see him getting up towards that top seven because he's coming back from that shoulder injury and spoke to him a couple of weeks ago, and he's just he he's doing all he can to get back there. He's he's had a couple of races under his belt now, and yeah, he's a very talented rider. He's he's all in. Family's all in. He's doing all he can under that Jackie Martin's framework, and they're doing all they can for him. And he's he's happy. He loves analysing his performances and the others, and just watching for little fine marginal gains he can get. And he's 
you know, coming up coming up to Lommel in a, in a few weeks, maybe you know quite a few rounds off. He's bashing out the laps there too, so he's he's pretty confident. Um, he can do well there, and obviously it's a shame what happened to Brent, but you know we uh, we wish him all the best in his recovery and hope he's back sooner rather than later. But yeah, even even Harrop and I reckon Everts will, will be very good on that track too. He's shown in Trentino and and France. He's uh he's he can do it anywhere, and that technique holds him in good stead in those really technical tracks, doesn't it, mate? So do you? How do you think Everts can go, and who have you got for the overall? Yeah, I think Everts is going to, you know, he's he. I would, it, I would not be surprised. I think I mentioned it last night, and it, Everts on on hardback has been super impressive this year, and I, I genuinely think he's a podium contender this weekend. Um, I wouldn't rule out Harrop. Um, you mentioned him just a minute ago, and I agree. He, um, it, I was really interested to see. He seems to be developing quite nicely on the KTM. He's getting better since the switchover from um, from Kawasaki. It took him a little while to get the bike set up correctly the way he wants. Um, it's obviously a completely different bike to to what he was riding on, on the Kawasaki. Uh, but his uh, performance in Latvia was um, was his best performance of the year so far, um, you know, with, with both motos. So, um, and given that uh, is another rider that does like Germany, um, he's he's done well in Tushintao uh, previous years, so he might be a surprise package this weekend. Um, especially if he gets a good quality. Do well in Latvia because he's had a very tough twenty twenty three. Yeah, definitely. So uh, obviously he didn't even have a <laughs> a ride coming into twenty twenty three. So um, yeah, it was nice to see Gifton do well. Um, the, the, obviously you've you've got, I mean, two riders which might upset is Harap, who's coming into a little bit of form. Um, you know, getting better, a good performance in Latvia. And also, let's not rule out Horgmo, because Horgmo now has got that kind of confidence boost from, from last week. Um, previously done well um, over the years at Tushintau. So um, he could be another, you know, it, it, again, I think it's just going to be tight racing. It's just going to be, um, there's plenty of opportunities for for riders like Horgmo, Harrop in, um, in Everts, in, in Adamo. Uh, I, I genuinely don't think they've got enough Benistan. I think this this yeah. is a trap for Benistan um, with the way he rides and in, in, in it, just how good he is. So I, I, I still, if my if I'm a better man, my money's still on Benistan this weekend. But um, I, you know, I wouldn't rule out. You know, we've not talked about Adamo. Um, you know, Adamo is going to be very good. So yeah, I, t- I tell you what. Um, Let's just say Saturday is going to be um, is going to be a great great to watch, and Sunday is going to be great to watch. So um, it's going to be another weekend of a fantastic motocross racing, which um, I'm not going to be there, which is a little bit disappointing. But um, I will be watching on um, on TV, which is a, a good second. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, as will I, and um, it's definitely spoiled for choice with racing across the across the globe this weekend. And yeah, it should be a great weekend, mate. And I think we've covered. Just about all the bases and uh, any any close, closing thoughts, anything to look out for? Just, you know, a couple of notes on the side. Obviously, things are going in a really great direction. The podcast feedback's been great. And we can only thank the fans and the listeners, readers, viewers for, for you know, always supporting the site and, you know, massively grateful to the sponsors and, and you know, and yourself too, James, doing a great work, sort of running the, steering the ship. And, yeah, we're doing all I can to, all we can to bring the content to the fans and, it's been well received and we'll just keep working hard to capitalize and build on it. Yeah. It's been, it's been such a strange year and it's just really nice. Like for instance, like fly coming back on board. So we, you know, fly with um, obviously the helmet rayon technology um, last year, we talked about it all the time. Uh, the fly formula was, uh, you know, it is and um, you know, fantastic 
helmet, which had a lot of R&D put into it. Um, you know, it, and it's really nice. You know, they, they've gone through some transition and some changes, and it's just amazing to have them back on board again. So, um, you know, 25th anniversary, um, uh, big thanks to uh, JT and Shira over there in um, Arrowhead for, um, you know, uh, believing in us, a new company coming in, taking over kind of um, WPS and in fly. So, um, yeah, huge thanks to them. And it's it's just really nice to see uh, a lot of our uh, clients, which we're, you know, have, have been going through some tough times themselves in, in, in stuff like that and restructures and all that sort of stuff, but they're like coming back on board. So even when you think the budget's done, uh, it's great to have um, new clients come back in sort of halfway through the year. So, you know. If if you're uh if you're in the industry out there and and, and you're looking for uh, a good place to um to market your products and your brands, then um there's not many people that's turning out three hundred and twenty seven thousand um uh listens to a podcast show for Europe um and 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 obviously the web speaks for itself. Ed's doing a fantastic job, and uh, again, you know, we can't do it without the people reading the content, and we can't do it without the industry supporting us with um with advertising so um it's it's a uh, one big circle in uh yeah you've done a you've had a a long a, a big old shadow to um to uh to walk in um ed and you've um taken it with both hands in uh you know lewis done a great job um over the years at mx vice and um i i, I genuinely can't believe how you've come in and then just taken what we where we were and just taking it forward and not only taking it forward but um you know the stats which we've got on the on the website at the moment is is just incredible. The podcast shows, you know, this is down to all your hard work which you're putting in behind the scenes, which people don't get to see. So um I'm forever grateful for what you you've done over the last six months to to help myself and MX Vice out. So um yeah, yeah kudos to you. And, and and also you you've brought the fun back to MX Vice as well. Like every day I'm like raring a go in, you know, in, in stuff like that. So uh uh, I don't want to get all teary eyed and, and make this into a like what a romantic show um, because people don't want that. But no, it's been re- it's been really cool, like, you know, to watch MX Vice grow because sometimes you just think, oh, have we really hit the ceiling? You know, I kind of like think sometimes I oh, maybe um, like with Lewis going and stuff like that, maybe we kind of peaked. And and actually uh, now looking back, it's just like I don't even know why I thought about that, because now it's just like sometimes, as I say, change is good and change has been really good for us. So um it's it's made me better it's made mx vice better it's obviously given you an opportunity to come in and you've obviously wanted to work in this industry for 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 quite a while and and i guess if anybody is is out there and um in that was actually thinking like how do i get into uh how do i get into um working for somebody like mx vice or vital or racer x and everything else and I think uh, you've got to look at sort of some of the people like we talk about, you know, if you're into podcasts, you look at what Dark Side's done over it, it, it Vital from like, you know, calling into Pulp MX to, to where he is now. You look at Rotomoto, uh, sorry, Rotomoto X, um, uh, Donnie Severs, who's done a, done an amazing job, started his own little YouTube show. I say little, uh, started a YouTube show, which done, you know, which went on to do great things. Now working for Racer X, it's like, if anybody wants any advice um, and, and you're really interested in getting into um, whether it's video editing, whether it's being a journalist, whether it's uh, doing photography, it's perseverance. And you have to change your expectations because if you think you're going to go in and earn X amount of money to start off with, you're not. So if, if you're going into this to earn a, a shitload of money, you, trust me, I'm going to save you a lot of heartache. <laughs> and uh <laughs> a lot of time and if you're if you're doing this for the money you're definitely in the wrong place because um you know it's freaking hard 
um, out there. And you've got to look at Lewis. Lewis um, started off sweeping hair in a barbershop in, in, in 10 years later. He's now o- o- over in Vital MX, but you know, he's put 10 years worth of of hard work in. Same as Sean with um with with the videos. And it's the same thing for you, Ed. When you think about all what you've done behind the scenes from running a full, you know, doing a full-time job and then writing uh, articles for Roma and some of the biggest Arsenal, football yeah. Um, teams. Yeah, that's not yeah. about that. Um yeah. on the planet. <laughs> the Tottenham family. Yeah. Some of the biggest football teams and then Arsenal um yeah. on the planet. So uh <laughs> but right. but look what you've had to do to to, yeah. to get this opportunity. It's like um you know, you just gotta keep pushing, you, you, mate, because you know, I was a freelance on top of working a, a full time, completely non related to any sport industry jobs, you know, like factory supervising jobs, these kind of things, you know, it's you guys gotta work hard and it, it does it does eventually, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel if you if you if you're driven by passion and really motivated and love what you do. Um obviously writing about football, European football is um you know, I did that for over ten years, you know, get up three thirty AM and then go to the full time job at 5am and then do eight hours and come home and do more work and then you just got to balance your life and, and manage your time that's probably the best advice and just don't don't give up keep working for every 100 emails you send wanting to get a job 99 people will say no or not even respond so you just got to keep going and that's that's sort of the the motto you've got to have and, and not get too disheartened because it can be pretty demoralizing sometimes so that's kind of the approach you got to have and you know it is possible isn't it mate yeah, I, I see the, like this next generation of video guys, which are just paying for themselves to go to GPs, and um, they're investing in themselves to you know paying for their travels, probably costing them between eight hundred and a thousand pounds to get to a GP um, to cover it for a weekend. They've got no work, but that's the sort of thing that you have to do. You have to start somewhere. You have to mm. invest in yourself. Um, obviously, I wouldn't recommend going straight to a GP. I mean, start off at a British Championship or or the ONK or 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 the ADAC or whatever, whatever your national championships, and just grind it out. Talk to everybody, network, just be a nice person as well. That goes a long way when you're talking to people. If if you're nice and and you listen, people are willing to help you out. But if you if somebody wants to work for MX Vice or wants to uh, start writing articles or or you know take photos and stuff like that, Ed, what would your what would your um, advice be to them? Like obviously, as editor of MX Vice, what are you looking for um, from from people? Obviously, they're not expected to come in, write an article, and be straight on the the MX Vice um, homepage straight away. It takes time. Hey, it's but what yeah. sort of qualities are you looking? for? for, well, for yeah, people who maybe yeah pretty much what we what we've talked about yeah just hard work perseverance just dedicated passionate um yeah manage your time really well it's 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 not easy but it, it's sort of something that that you can learn to do and it, it, you know you just got to keep writing keep keep doing what you're passionate about keep doing it because that's you know there's a, when you start you just start a web like i started a website and you know just you know you make no money off it it's just passion you just because you love what you're doing and that's how you got to be. If you love, you know, first you got to really enjoy the sport, obviously, and then you got to enjoy doing the work. Because you know, there's some weeks, you know, say for me, you know, you're writing between six and ten thousand words a week, plus working a full time job. You know, it's managing your time is the key thing, and that kind of thing. So that's kind of the advice uh, anyone for anyone that wants to get into the industry, I would say. And yeah, it's just not easy, and just keep keep pursuing it, keep hustling, keep grinding, because yeah, like JT was saying, and like you were saying, um, it, it takes a lot of work, a massive body of work to get to a place. And once you get to that place, that's where it begins too. You, you, you know, you can never settle. You got to just keep 
pushing because you know there's always more to achieve there's always you know you can always better yourself you can always you know read other people's work you can you know get gain ideas from other places and you know there's you know you, there's a lot of people out there and you just want to, want them to succeed be positive be be happy what you're doing and yeah i guess that's kind of my rundown mate have you got anything to add to that yeah i think um for me it's kind of um i just think you just got to be prepared to work hard. And sometimes it feels like you're just grinding away and not getting anywhere, but it's that perseverance. It's that um, work. I mean, work ethics, everything, but work ethic, perseverance, and just being a good dude um, yeah. and being, you know, positive attitude. Those are the things which are going to get you in the door in uh, if, if, if you you're looking to get into to media and to motocross, trust me, there's plenty of opportunities, but you're going to have to work hard to make that oppor- opportunity. So um, I know from 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 me owning them X Fives, I'm I'm always looking for people who can who can potentially come in, um, have the mindset to understand that it's going to take a little bit of time, but once they develop, they can actually um, create a job for themselves. And I think that's the key thing, isn't it? You've got to be able to come in and and, and have that mindset of I want to create a job for myself. I want to cause this guy so many problems that he needs to, like good problems that he needs to. Um, find a way of em- employing me, and I think that's that's a sign of somebody who is um, a real benefit to a business is when they um, literally are able to, um, you know, I had this idea, I thought about writing this article, maybe we could go and approach this company to to help sort of you know to make it go forward. You speak to that said company if you go in there with a good mindset of like I don't want a thousand pounds a day for this article, uh, so on and so on. But you, you, the whole thing is just trying to connect those dots. So um, I think if you've got a good mindset and you've kind of uh, a positive mindset and you're willing to, uh, you know, spend a little bit of time developing yourself and developing what you're doing. Because I think anybody who wants to come into motocross media and wants a quick win, then this really is not the the right environment for you. I mean, try, try crypto, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's that, like it's like when the writers say you know they can't fake the work you know two two thirty five minute motos you you can't fake it you know with what people say with Deegan you know oh he got handed to him no the guy does the work amazing talent amazing yeah. fitness you don't fake it you know you, you get found out if you haven't done the work and you know it's it's sort of you got to translate those principles over just just keep doing it and if you enjoy it it makes it easy and and it's like a, it's a job but it's not really a job because it's you know you live in your dream kind of thing so that's sort of where you get to and you're sort of always trying to raise the bar and exceed expectations and yeah and try to impress the people that you need to impress even though most of the time especially at the beginning you, you, it just won't get you anywhere but you just got to keep at it yeah i'm just uh like you know not trying to get brownie points but like i'm i'm just hitting my my 14th hour now of the day um and i still got to do some invoices and bits and pieces before i go so i'll probably get home uh, about 12 started at eight so um that's that's standard you know that's just that's just how it is so um you got to put the time in you got to put the effort in and uh yeah they but again i didn't see this as a job i mm. i freaking love it you know, then that's the difference. It's not, it's not a job. It's definitely not a hobby, but it's, it's, it's fun. It's, I enjoy every day. I I, I look forward to getting up. I look forward to, to getting in here and, and going to GPs and, and doing that stuff. That's what I want to do. I'd rather be doing this than, than anything else. And trust me, I've worked in a chicken factory. I've worked in, uh, I've had my own agency. Um, I've, I've done, 
I've done shit jobs. I've done I've done yeah. good jobs. I've done very highly paid jobs. Highly paid jobs don't necessarily mean you're going to be happy. No. Um, this this is my happy place. So um, yeah. Again, it doesn't feel like work. So um, I think if if that's something that uh, you know if people listen to this and getting kind of uh, we're getting quite deep on the podcast now because we've gone from yeah. uh, two fifty predictions across to uh, life dreams. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah but what I would say is if you are interested and you've got this far and you are uh, looking to get into motocross media, always reach out to Ed and myself. Um, we, even though we're extremely busy, we've always got time to help anyone. So um, if, if you are looking just advice, to... advice, uh, you know, because obviously the, it's really hard with the budgets in the world. It's, it's just advice. And, you know, we've brought, we've brought Ben on board and you've brought Jeremy on board. And, you know, we're always, you know, they're helping. They've done their work to get to where they are. And it's just... You know, they're their stories of people putting the putting in the work to to get a job that they want. But yeah, it's just we're happy to give advice and or listen to this segment that we've just added on to this. It sort of sums it up quite well. And if you wanted to do some further reading, I'm sure there's a lot of resources out there on the internet about it. But it's it is a it is a very small industry motocross as well, which obviously coming from the football soccer, depending on which side of the pond you're on or the world, it's um that's very competitive. There's a lot more people doing it than obviously motocross. So it sort of comes with obviously more opportunities, but more people going for those opportunities as well. So it's um it's a tough balance, but you just got to have faith in yourself and and trust the process. And hopefully someone like uh, James gives you an opportunity like he did for me. So very, very grateful for that, mate. Yeah, at the same time though, you've got to take the opportunity. So um uh yeah, in 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 uh I I, I think I first came well when I was like literally scatting around, you know, approached um when well, i didn't really approach but i kind of looked at five or six different people and um in, in for me it was for you you stood out with just the, the quality of work and in, in the people that you were working with with obviously in the in the types of style of writing that you were you're doing a statistics piece uh within football and stuff like that and i, I just felt that that was between you as a person and also the way that you uh, were writing and also the information that you're able to put, put over i just thought is a great fit for um uh, for us at MX Vice, and um, it's pro- proving to be good. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So there we go. So um, hopefully that's a little bit of added extra on the on the, on the between the races podcast. So if you got this far, fair play. Uh, yeah, you must yeah. be interested in getting across media. Yeah, no, all, all the best to the the people out there that are, that are trying. And you know, it's it's a long it's a long burn, isn't it, mate? It doesn't happen overnight. So you know, it's there's probably not many people that you know, you speak to that have done it in under a decade. Like that's the, the amount of time it takes. So uh, just, just, just keep plugging away, mate. Well, I tell you what, let's give, uh, if people got this far, Ed, let's give them some little Easter eggs because I think it's only, uh, it's only fair if they hear us dribble on about um, getting into uh, MX media. So um, just a couple of little things, which has come in. And if you got this far, then you know more, way more than most people, but um uh, the new MX Vice website is going to be hitting in the next two weeks. So um, we we're testing at the moment, and we just want to make sure it's it's good for when it gets released. And uh, last thing we want to do is be embarrassed by it falling over in the first uh, in the first click. So um, the MX Vice is going to be hit. The new MX Vice website is going to be hitting in the next two weeks. Um, the new ads on there for um, our clients is just a different level. So. Um, uh, we've we've got a really good ad system which is going to be released. Uh, that's going to be really cool. Um, two weeks after that, then we should be releasing Enduro uh, Vice 
Uh.com, which is basically, as it sounds, is going to be covering everything from um, uh, Erzberg, um through to the British Sprint Championship uh, to Enduro GP, uh, basically everything Enduro. Um, and then uh, possibly a month after that, um, we will be hitting with Motorvice, which is going to be everything else, everything two wheels. So it'd be BSB, WSB, um, uh, MotoGP, um, trial, basically everything, trials, anything what's not Enduro Motocross since two wheels is going to be on, on Motovice as well. So um, we will be looking for um, some uh, some people who are going to be able to um, uh, write for both Enduro and um, for Moto. So if it's something that you have got a passion for as well as Motocross, and you're kind of thinking, oh, where can I start? Then you definitely need to give Ed and, and myself a call. We have got another little special thing, but we don't want to talk about it too much because uh, we want to steal the march on quite uh, on, on the rest of the guys. So uh, we have something very, very cool in the pipeline as well, which we will be uh, releasing right in the middle of that as well, which um, it should be very, very cool for, um, uh, let's just say, the motor media industry. So um, we're looking forward to that one. And I think everybody's going to welcome this with with open arms. So um some really cool stuff planned. So uh, there you go. You got some little Easter eggs, uh, little things to look forward to with um, with, with MX Vice, and we'll have our new T-shirts, the new MX Vice T-shirts, drop in uh, in the next month as well. And trust me, one of them, one of them is going to be a game changer. You are going to want this one ready for uh, one of the biggest events in the year, which is going to be the end of August, and that's going to be for um, the the Vets VMX DN um uh at fox hill so um you know where villapoto is going to be uh we are going to have a very special t-shirt ready for that event celebrating all things 80s and 90s so um yeah trust me if there's ever a t-shirt you needed it's going to be this one uh it's exciting times ahead mate and um yeah i guess so we'll, we'll probably wrap the podcast up there it's uh it's all happening that's for sure and just before we before we go obviously you've mentioned fly racing in the 25th anniversary um yeah great great they've come on board and obviously monster energy fox parts europe scott bell helmets acherbys asv performance kawasaki uk ktm uk and even strokes obviously for all their incredible supporters like you said there without them there's no us so yeah thanks again for joining us on this one james it's uh and obviously jt who's had to duck off but yeah all the best for the weekend and um we certainly look forward to it and we'll catch up soon cheers ed and uh speak soon